Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And wow, what a 24 hours it has been for video game streaming service Twitch. If you haven't seen this story, well, you probably weren't on social media in the last day or so. As Video Games Chronicle reported at about 9.19 a.m. yesterday, the entirety of Twitch has reportedly been leaked. Subheading source codes and user payouts among the data released in a 128 GB torrent. And this was apparently a 4chan type deal, but as it was reported, it started filtering out across the internet. This article continues, an anonymous hacker claims to have leaked the entirety of Twitch, including its source code and user payout information. The user posted their torrent link to 4chan on Wednesday, stating that the leak was intended to, quote, foster more disruption and competition in the online video streaming space because their, presumably Twitch's, community is a disgusting, toxic cesspool. Now, I'm not a regular at 4chan, but I do know that based on their reputation, it is something that should be taken with a grain of salt in terms of their motives and methods for why they would leak this information if they got it. It's the kind of thing they would put out there, especially once it gets confirmed by Twitch as authentic. As VGC continues, they say they can verify that the files mentioned on 4chan are publicly available to download, and an anonymous company source told VGC that the leaked data is legitimate, including the source code for the Amazon-owned streaming platform. Internally, Twitch is aware of the breach, the source said, and it's believed that the data was obtained as recently as Monday. So we're talking about this on Thursday, October 7th. This story went up on Wednesday, October 6th, and the reporting here suggests that it's possible that the information was lost by Twitch to this hacking group, malicious or otherwise, on Monday, October 4th. So keep those dates in mind because they're going to be important as we answer some of the big questions that people have asked about from a legal perspective. After this article went out, a couple of hours later, Twitch confirmed that this, in fact, did happen. 11.18 a.m. yesterday, we can confirm a breach has taken place. Our teams are working with urgency to understand the extent of this. We will update the community as soon as additional information is available. Thank you for bearing with us. And we're going to check in on Twitch and their official response again in just a second. But we do want to note that VGC reported on what they saw as being leaked. The entirety of Twitch's source code, the magic sauce that actually operates Twitch as a platform, has apparently been leaked. Creator payout reports from 2019, and we're going to talk about those in brief as part of this video because that's really what I think a lot of the journalistic outlets, including outlets outside of the video game sphere, have really hung their hat on here. And I don't love that, but we're going to talk about why in just a second. Mobile desktop and console Twitch clients, proprietary software development kits, and internal Amazon Web Services used by Twitch, every other property that Twitch owns, quote-unquote, an unreleased Steam competitor, if Twitch is going to get into the business of selling video games themselves, and their internal red teaming tools designed to improve security by having staff pretend to be hackers. All of which sounds as bad as it actually is. This is a massive, massive breach on the part of Twitch, and it's going to cause security issues for the foreseeable future, I would imagine. As of 10.30 p.m. Pacific last night, or early in the morning here in the Eastern time zone, we have learned that some data was exposed to the internet due to an error in a Twitch server configuration change. I already love that, right? It's not just some data, at least as reported. It's basically all the data that Twitch uses to operate as a platform. It's not payout information from before 2019, as best as anybody can tell. 
but it's all of the important data for what you would be worried about losing if you're running a software platform on the internet. And it says it was subsequently accessed by a malicious third party. Our teams are working with urgency to investigate the incident. As the investigation is ongoing, we are still in the process of understanding the impact in detail. We understand the situation raises concerns. And we want to address some of those here while our investigation continues. At this time, we have no indication that login credentials have been exposed, which is obviously one of those areas where people that just use Twitch, don't even make money on it necessarily, would be most concerned. And it seems like this story is in the news every other day. Some platform, some store, retail or otherwise, losing your credit card information, losing your login information. So Twitch wants to get out front and say, however, we're keeping those records of how you log in to use our service. It doesn't appear that that portion of our data was compromised, which is good news, but doesn't necessarily mean you shouldn't be changing your passwords. Additionally, full credit card numbers are not stored by Twitch. So full credit card numbers were not exposed. That's what they believe right now. You wouldn't go out with a piece of information like that if you thought you would have to backtrack on it in the future. They did further update it a little bit later on, saying we're going to get rid of our stream keys. These are the things that essentially tell Twitch where to send a video uh, so that you can use it to make your streams yourself. We're going to change those all out. You're going to have to update those because we don't know whether they were compromised in some fashion that could cause harm. And those are Twitch's official responses. But as I said, we are, of course, here in virtual legality going to dive into the law here. We're also going to talk about how this is reported on, right? The traditional outlets, the verges of the world, reported on it as a video game story, as did Ars Technica, Twitch source code, creator earnings exposed in 125 GB leak. But it also broadened out its scope. Here's NPR. Twitch, the popular game streaming service, confirms that it data has been hacked. Reuters, Amazon's Twitch hit by data breach due to configuration error, and then the Los Angeles Times. And I wanted to use this article as kind of a jumping off point for a brief aside before we get into the legal aspects of this, because this is what I saw most reported on, including in that Ars Technica article and the Verge article and elsewhere. The Los Angeles Times article is headlined, Hack of Amazon's Twitch shows top gamers rake in six-figure payouts. Now, in and of itself, that headline is actually a little bit misleading because usually when you think of payouts, at least as described there, I think of them as annualized salaries. They're actually talking about money that can be even faster than that in certain respects. But it's also not a surprise that really, really popular people with millions and millions of viewers and millions and millions of members paying them money and paying for chat bits or whatever else it might be on Twitch would be making so much but it's also expressive of what society and journalism and everybody is really interested in. This is the kind of lascivious part of the league. Oh my gosh, what does that streamer make? What does that streamer make? And what you see in these articles and you saw elsewhere on the internet is a certain amount of envy. And we're gonna talk about that in respect of a particular tweet that I responded to yesterday, because I think it's something that's important to discuss as part of this. The Los Angeles Times says, an anonymous hacker attacked Amazon.com's video game streaming platform, Twitch, leaked a trove of data, including Twitch's source code and a spreadsheet detailing earnings for the platform's top gamers. Leaks on the social media platform 4chan, popular among conspiracy theorists and gamers, claim to include the entirety of the platform's Twitch.tv streaming history and an Amazon Games product. The leak also offers a glimpse into the wealth generated in the gaming sub-industry. A document listing Twitch's top earners show gross earnings since 2019, reaching a little under 10 million for the platform's top account critical role 
and points to 13 accounts that have made more than $108,000 a year and at least 80 that have collected more than a million since just 2019. So you do have people on Twitch making a huge amount of money, but it's a group that is fairly limited in number. And in all honesty, it's not information that is necessarily in the public interest other than for this kind of voyeuristic tendency that outlets like apparently the Los Angeles Times and other gaming journalism outlets apparently share, including one developer himself who tweeted out as follows, Cliff Blazinski, Cliffy B, I respect the hell out of content creators, it's hard work, but looking at the numbers from the Twitch leak, not gonna lie, it upsets me that so many are making way more money than most of the game developers that made the games they stream. And that last part is all in caps. He's emphasizing that the game developers make the content that these folks stream. And I think that's not an unusual sentiment. It speaks a certain amount of envy to me, but also it makes a certain intuitive sense to say, hey, they're making the games. They're not making that kind of money. You're just playing the games. How are you making that much money? But I did respond to this because it talks to me about an argument that I've had for a long, long time. And that's whether it's with respect to my clients, I work in corporate law, or just in general around the lunch table where we talk about things like pro sports. And so I said, ah, this is the, those pro athletes make too much damn money argument. The top end numbers you are seeing for these Twitch streamers are literally the very best at what they do. This is an enormously small selection of people, even as you saw referenced in the Los Angeles Times. You don't have to like what they do. I'm not a super big fan of influencer or streamer culture. I don't follow a lot of folks on Twitch. I have a very select group that I actually follow and enjoy. But many, 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 many people do. The average game developer, of which there are tens if not hundreds of thousands across the world, is not the right comparison. The right comparison to these top, top, top end streamers is something like studio heads. You want to compare a streamer's numbers to Bobby Kotick's, go right ahead. But when you're talking about average game developers, it's just a matter of supply and demand, the very top end of that employee pool. And again, you don't have to like that. In fact, somebody responded to this tweet that I made yesterday and said, well, that's basically just because they had first mover advantage. They were just the first to get on Twitch, to get popular. That's why they made so much money. And that might be the case as well. Luck plays a part in all of these kinds of things. And I don't begrudge anybody from suggesting that video game developers could make more money, whether that's from the Activisions of the world or even indie developers, and that Twitch folks do make a lot of money without creating that content themselves. But they do create content themselves, and that's why in this space we harp and harp and harp and harp on the notion that streamers should be aware of the things that they lack in those end user license agreement from game companies. What Cliffy B is missing is that game companies in general have decided that Twitch streaming is good for them is good marketing, is good and useful for selling games, which hopefully, ultimately, make those game developers more money. But at the same time, the standard end user license agreement, the standard licenses that come out from these companies basically say, you can't stream. You can use it for your own personal use on your computer. You don't have the right to display or promote or do all these various other things, except outside of this legal contract, we are instead gonna put a policy together that says, yeah, 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 that might be infringing but we promise we won't drop the infringement hammer on you if you say nice things about us or if you don't go past this point in Persona 5 or whatever it might be. It's what we frame in this space as the largesse of the copyright holder, that they like to have it so that streaming is technically infringing so that they can bring the hammer down on somebody they don't like for saying something they didn't like, but we'll allow it because it sells video games. 
And so what I would say coming off of this is not, oh, hot damn, they make so much money, but my goodness, they make so much money, they should be more interested in protecting the livelihood that they have. And I'm very happy that they found it, but they should be using their leverage to say, whoa, 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 I shouldn't be streaming things that I don't have the contract rights for because otherwise this whole thing is a house of cards and it's not ultimately gonna last once more and more folks figure out that companies are basically just holding a sort of Damocles over their head. That is a brief aside, at least for virtual legality. And now we're gonna talk a little bit about the lawfulness here. Right, folks originally asked me, hey, what's illegal here? Let's talk about that a little bit. If you don't know, we've talked about hacking some in this space, as you might expect, what's being described in this particular leak, at least by Twitch, a malicious actor getting in through a configuration change, taking their information and then putting it out in public, is covered by federal law as well as certain state laws. 18 U.S.C. 1030 says, whoever intentionally accesses a computer without authorization or exceeds authorized access and thereby obtains information from any protected computer, <laughs> scrolling, scrolling, shall be punished. And you might say, well, that's not terribly descriptive, Rick. You're gonna get in there. If you're not authorized to a protected computer, you will be punished. Yep, that's how some of these laws are written. And of course, protected computer has one of the most vague, broadest definitions, maybe in the entire federal code. It says the term protected computer means a computer which is used in or affecting interstate or foreign commerce or communication. Now, if you are familiar with legal precepts and talking about constitutional hooks and whatnot, you recognize that language is something that is necessary for the federal government to have a law fall under the interstate commerce clause. But as it's used here and as it's been interpreted by the courts, it means any computer that is connected to the internet, any service in a computational capacity that is connected to the internet, Twitch, very definitely a protected computer for this purpose. So the hacker, if he can be identified, he or she can be identified, is gonna get in trouble with this and various other laws. That probably goes without saying, but we do like to say it in virtual legality because there's a lot of things that folks come to me and say, isn't that illegal? And it might or might not be. And yes, there are facts and circumstances that one could imagine on the very edges of a case like this one that maybe could get you out of uh, something like this, but in all likelihood, hacking in, leaking out source code is probably a trade secret among other things. And so it's going to be illegal. And we'd like to confirm that in this space because some other things that you might think are illegal maybe are not. Now, there are other aspects of all this. In fact, I wanted to talk to you about a, briefly about a video that we made earlier about that particular statute that was just looked upon by the Supreme Court Earlier this year, you'll want to check it out. I called it the gang makes a mess out of computer law. And it talks about those definitions. It talks about what authorized access means. In this particular case, we aren't on those edges of what authorization means, what exceeding that authorization means. This person did not, as best we can tell, have authorization to go into the Twitch servers and take their source code out and disseminate it on 4chan. So we don't have to worry about that. But if you are interested in those topics, please do check out that video. Instead, we wanna talk overall about the concepts of protecting your data, what should happen. One thing that people really leapt on in those stories that we took a look at as part of this video is the fact that Twitch probably knew that this happened on Monday, got reported on on Wednesday, confirmed it on Wednesday, still maybe hasn't communicated directly with the people most affected at this point in time. And I got a lot of messages asking me the question, well, don't they have a duty to report these things to people? And there's long answers, there's short answers, there's facts and circumstances, et cetera. 
the, the short answer is yes. At some point, when you have a data breach, almost every state in the United States, federal law, all sorts of things say you have to go and tell people that this happened. But there's all sorts of intervening considerations. And for purposes of this, we're going to take a look at the Federal Trade Commission's summary of this. This is a data breach response, a guide for business. And it's just from the FTC here. And they just say things like, you just learned that your business experienced a data breach, which I can't help think sounds a little bit like Captain America sitting you on, down in detention. So you just lost your source code on 4chan. And so the FTC says, what do you do? Well, the answers vary from case to case, as we like to say here in virtual legality. It's based on the facts and circumstances. But the following guidance can help you make smart, sound decisions. Note what comes first in this Federal Trade Commission list. Secure your operations. Move quickly to secure your systems. Mobilize your breach response team. Assemble a team of experts to conduct that comprehensive breach response. Consult with your legal counsel, yes. And you may need to consider hiring outside legal counsel with privacy and data security expertise who can advise you on the various federal and state laws that might be implicated here and then stop additional data loss. So framing this out, what is the instruction given to you here by the Federal Trade Commission, which isn't the only legal jurisdiction here. In fact, they don't have much jurisdiction at all, but it's a useful document. Get control of your information. When we look at data privacy laws, rules, regulations, we're going to look at California's today in this video because that was what most folks asked me about because Twitch operates there. Their contracts are covered by California law. The very first thing you want to do is make sure that it doesn't get worse, that you saying something in public or otherwise doesn't get that information more disseminated, doesn't expose more failure points in your operational system. So almost all the rules and regulations and laws in the data sphere have a concept that says basically you don't have to do things that could potentially harm things, make things worse until you get your house in order. We don't love it. You might be liable for all sorts of things after this, but you can get your house in order first. So when this happens on Monday, one of the things Twitch is trying to figure out is what exactly occurred to make this happen. They're trying to figure out what this paragraph actually is, right? Exposed to the internet due to an error in a Twitch server configuration change. That is part of their investigation. That's part of what they figured out in the last two days. And you don't want to expose that this is happening before you figure out how to close that leak up, to cover up the hole in the dam, and to potentially protect whatever wasn't lost in a breach this big, right? So that's what the FTC says. That's what most regulatory agencies are going to say. Fix things, make sure it doesn't get worse, then start to talk to people. Have a communications plan, says the FTC. Create a comprehensive plan that reaches all affected audiences, employers, customers, investors, business partners, and other stakeholders. Don't make misleading statements about the breach. Now, that might just seem like a small sentence in the middle here, but as a lawyer, you read it and you say, don't make misleading statements means... First and foremost, don't make any statements until you can be 100% sure of what you are saying. And if you can't be sure, then you have to be very, very cautious about what you disseminate. This continues by saying, don't withhold key details that might help consumers protect themselves and their information. If you don't have any idea what just happened, it's not going to be terribly helpful to people to go protect that information. Then it says, determine your legal requirements. It says, all states, the District of Columbia, Puerto Rico, and the Virgin Islands have enacted legislation requiring notification of security breaches involving, quote unquote, personal information. And all these various jurisdictions are going to have different definitions of what that concept means to you or I. Basically, it means stuff that could help identify us out in the real world. And so 
The state of California takes that and says the following. It says a person or business that conducts business in California and that owns or licenses computerized data that includes personal information, we'll get back to that definition in just a second, shall disclose a breach of the security of the system following discovery or notification of the breach in the security of the data to a resident of California, one, whose unencrypted personal information was or is reasonably believed to have been acquired by an unauthorized person. So you will disclose a breach of security to an individual in California when you think you've lost their unencrypted personal information. Or two, this is the second category, but it's going to have a lot of caveats in it. It says whose encrypted personal information was or is reasonably believed to have been acquired by an unauthorized person. So it's encrypted this time. And the encryption key or security credential was or is reasonably believed to have been acquired by that unauthorized person. So it's encrypted. You also lost the key. And these are all requirements to get up under section two. The person or business that owns or licenses the encrypted information has a reasonable belief that the encryption key or security credential could render that personal information readable or usable. So you lost unencrypted personal information, got to tell folks. You lost encrypted personal information and you lost the key and you think somebody else could figure out how that key works to get access to that personal information. You got to tell those folks too. So Broadly, got a duty to disclose in California. But the following sentence pops in. The disclosure shall be made in the most expedient time possible and without unreasonable delay, consistent with the legitimate needs of law enforcement. We scroll down a little bit. We see there's a reference to law enforcement having the right to control the proceedings so that they can figure out in a criminal investigation who did this, what needs to be done to prevent it in the future, et cetera, et cetera. Or any measures necessary to determine the scope of the breach and restore the reasonable integrity of the data system. There is what we were talking about when we were looking at that FTC document, right? So even if you fall under one of these categories in California, you'll notify these people as fast as possible, but consistent with the need to determine how big this thing is, how it was made, fixing it before you go out to the world with this information that it happened. It's kind of a unique circumstance for data breach. You've seen it time and time again in various jurisdictions now, but there is a delay between it happening, the company knowing it happened and people being informed. And within that delay, companies can make wrong choices. Now this we're talking about is 48 hours, something along those lines. So it strikes me that this is probably all okay for Twitch, for the folks that ask me, but it's all going to depend on the facts and circumstances on the ground. Had this happened six months ago, didn't say a word, and then they got nailed by VGC and then they came clean with it, that looks a lot different than a couple of days. But we don't know what we don't know in terms of what access to which has. Now, in terms of the information itself, it strikes me as very likely that at least portions of it will be deemed quote unquote personal information in the state of California. They have a pretty broad definition. It says personal information means information that identifies, relates to, describes, is reasonably capable of being associated with, or could reasonably be linked directly or indirectly with a particular consumer or household and includes but is not limited to the real name, sure, alias, postal address, personal identifier, online identifier, internet protocol address, email address, account name, social security number, driver's license number, passport number, or other similar identifiers. You know, those kinds of numbers that you associate with yourself. But it also includes all categories of personal information described in this other law, which of course is why you're here. We have that already. And we're all going to shorten this. Personal information means another list of things, including any financial information. Our payouts since 2019, 
financial information for purposes of being personal information in California. They very well might be. And some of that's going to depend on the case law in California. And as I say here in this space, I'm not a California lawyer, but by the words on a page, this seems to fall within that ambit. Similarly, in section D here, we've got commercial information, including records of personal property, products or services purchased, obtained or considered or other purchasing or consuming histories or tendencies. That's really designed for more retail outlets and things like that. But again, they're getting money from memberships. It's the kind of thing that probably falls under personal identif uh, identification and personal information, as well as professional information. So in general, in the state of California, it's very likely that you're going to have trouble if you're Twitch with these definitions, and you're going to have to have told the people whose information was compromised, but it's not just going to be as soon as you know something happened. It's going to be when you've taken measures necessary to determine the scope of the breach, restore reasonable integrity to the data system, and then you can go out with those things. So for everybody that asked me, hey, aren't they in trouble because they didn't tell people that this happened? It's going to depend on a lot of things, but this all seems to be close enough in time that those kinds of caveats, and we're only looking at California, but most of the jurisdictions that I'm aware of are going to have a similar concept. Fix your ship and then tell folks that the ship had a breach in it are going to hold the day. So I doubt that Twitch is going to have a problem with that just based on the timing that I can see from the outside. But certainly, this is a bad day at Twitch. This is a bad day at Amazon. And it wouldn't surprise me if we both get more information, more stuff is leaked out because of a breach this size, it's likely that much more information was seized by those folks. And also that other negative ramifications happen, bigger than just stream keys. So you're going to want to keep your eye on that space because I have no doubt that Twitch has at least a few weeks, if not months, of bad news yet to come on this story. This has been Virtual Legality for today. If you enjoy talking about the business and law of things like Twitch, data breaches, and video games, please consider supporting the channel. We've got a Patreon down below. We've also got other ways to support the channel listed down below. Or if you just prefer to subscribe, ring the bell, upvotes, downvotes, comments, telling your friends, putting them up on Reddit, other forums, maybe making a Twitch video about them. Every little bit helps. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel. Thank you.